All right, we're back off the road as trainers here and uh, sort of sorting through lessons we've learned. And, you know, today's topic um, about stories and, and danger cues or triggers is one we've heard before. And you know what? We're going to keep doing it until we get it right, just like EFT. Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson. Good to be back with you. You know, most of our episodes, we um, we pick a topic. We may even have a few notes here um, and have big takeaway points. Maybe that'll be the case today, maybe not. But I just want to have a free-flowing conversation, kind of a check-in, uh, if you will, with process and, and what we're seeing. So, James, I'll start off with you over here. Yeah. Man, what I think I see on the road just by the way, shout out to my uh, to a recent trip in, in Montana. One of the very best core skill groups I've ever been a part of, and great folks. Super nice to me, which uh-huh. is you know takes some work. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm really just thinking not not so much about that group, but just in general. In the last six to eight weeks, I've watched tons and tons and tons of videos, and mm-hmm. and a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. In fact, I would say. I've not seen a bad video in in a long time. That said, I can't tell you how many times two two things keep happening to our sessions that that over and over really defeat the process, or at least defeat make uh, by by defeat what I would say is makes inefficient the process, which is getting lost in that toxic story again, and then really trying to work without a danger cue. Or without a trigger. So I'd ask you, James, why do you think that keeps happening? Man, I think a couple of reasons about, you know, with EFT, it's to do that, you have to do something that's socially inappropriate. One, you have to interrupt and bring focus. Um, I mean, I had to do it today, Ryan. So here's a clear example. Working with a great couple, making some great strides. And, uh, and they got into the story. And particularly when I think about toxic story here, Ryan, it was it was the story of the meaning I make about you and your actions. It's my fearful story. You are this. You never, always, you'll never do be able to do this. So I'll always, I'm like, oh, gosh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you turn and look at me? I got to get you talking to me here. And I got to get you, like, even as you look over there, there's something that that's, that just triggered your body that kind of brought this energy out of you. If you know SV material, this is <laughs> took me right back to module three, terror. Got to take control. What happened right here, right now, that brought this energy up in your body? But when I interrupted her, Ryan, she was not happy with me. She just took that deep <laughs> breath, almost kind of rolled her eyes because her body was ramped up and I had to break that, that, that kind of like that process and that pattern, snap her out of it. But I did need to get the juice of, what activator? So it took a little bit of bravery from me. I couldn't just sit back and let it happen. You know, that famous George quote, if you let reactivity breathe in your session, it will take over. <laughs> um, so I think sometimes for people, it's it feels inappropriate to interrupt and stop the story sometimes. We want to let people just sit back and let them tell the whole story. The problem is that comes at a cost in therapy. 
because now the other person has to sit there and let that whole story run over them. And now you got to go repair that. Two, to get specific sometimes, it could feel hard because many of our clients, they've never thought about specifically in that moment, what was it? So it's a little bit feel, it could feel challenging, I think, for some therapists to get a little bit clearer and more specific and to be willing to explore. Uh, I don't know. Those are the, t- those are the two top ones that come to my mind. All right. So qualifiers with story. We're not so much talking about the first three sessions, maybe even the first four sessions. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, there's a certain amount of really hearing people's story we need to do. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not, you know, abusive or unsafe, we need to, I used to say, exhaust their story mm-hmm. early on so they don't keep bringing it back over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And also making space for, you know, abuse, marginalization, mm-hmm. racial trauma, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we don't consider those things the same as um, content because mm-hmm. that's not content. That's right. Because they very powerfully affect attachment. We're, we're excluding those as a part of this discussion, mm-hmm. but trying to be clear those are, those things are really important. Mm-hmm. Would you, you want to add to that? Yeah, and the one that I had to interrupt today to be specific was I recognize she wasn't even telling a story about her personal experience in, in, the, in this relationship. It was I'm telling you the story I'm making up for you. This is who you are. This is how all... And like almost like I'm inside your head and this is what you think. And this is like, like whoa, got to interrupt here. Got to jump in, <laughs> right? Because that's really what she's really sharing is, and I had to interrupt and it wasn't like, thank you so much. There's a lot happening here. But this is how your brain makes sense of it. In that cycle, when there's no words, you have to find a way. When this thing happens, which that's the part I still don't know the trigger, so that's why I have to say thing. This is how you have to make sense. This could be the only rational reason why you keep finding yourself over in the same situation over and over again. So the part of what was toxic about that one was she doesn't really know what her partner's thinking. So she's having to make up something. And not mm-hmm. saying make it up, but it's how her brain, this is how, why it has to be this way yeah. for us to keep being here. Well, in our limbic system, um, our survival instincts, limbic kind of functioning in the absence of good information, our brain will fill the space with worst case scenarios. There you go. That's because that's, that makes sense survival wise. You know, if it might be a, a a pit viper or might be a cocker spaniel, my body's going to rule out pit viper. Mm-hmm. So, so much of what we see as toxic story is actually the brain trying to inform us of threats, not let us get um, surprised. So I, I think that's really key. <clears throat> Excuse me again. What's interesting, and, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation instead of our regularly scheduled uh, content topics like we'll get to next episode, is my last session. Just finished it less than an hour ago. And to be honest with you, it's way easier than what I'm used to working with. I mean, they, they, they are facing some serious things, but honestly, most of the really painful stuff exists outside of their relationship. It's a whole lot easier than when, the, when all the triggers are inside their relationship or most of them. What I noticed, though, is even though there wasn't a lot of blame going at all, as I sat with this story for too long, I would instantly lose focus. 
You know, I was just asking the questions. We're really early on in the process. I'm just like, help me understand how you see this. What's going on? How's your relationship now compared to where it was a year ago? So I'm asking questions that open the door for story. And the stories weren't even bad. And it still had a toxic effect on the process. Mm. So when we say toxic story, we're mostly meaning blame. All the forms of blame, blame of other, blame of self. But I'm going to tell you, man, just too much story in your sessions costs you focus. And I really want people to get more and more fluent at identifying, is this story or is this their attachment moves? Hmm. That's a good a, question right yeah. there. Yeah. Is this an attach? Is this description of their attachment moves or the story? Yeah. And story. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say by story, I mean, they're usually summaries. Hmm. Like, let me kind of just sum this up. And uh, here, here's what this means. And uh, that's just a story. And story has very, very little to do with reality. Very, It has very little to do with what their actual attachment moves are. So even in my last session, you know, they were, it was kind of halfway get orienting to the process. But story, story, story. I would find myself having to go, hang on a minute. And I would go, where am I? That's just what stories are, are powerful. They're, they draw you in. That's what's great about stories. Um, but if we're trying to restructure a bond, not so great about stories because the last 14, 15 minutes, I'm doing assembly, affect assembly, first time with this, uh, with this new client. And uh, instantly I'm like, all right, here we go. This is, this is the structure we need. This is the foundation of, of what actually goes on between them as opposed to the story they have about it. And uh, you, can, you can feel where you can get traction there. And just so many videos, um, we don't get there. We don't, have any, we don't actually get it assembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you're saying that, so the question that I was thinking is, that's a good distinction, Ryan. How do we, and even for you as listeners to think, like how do you recognize it being a story that's maybe one that's going to take away from the process or it's easy like we were talking about the ones that are about blame. So for me... When I think about, I think this is where the work of Eugene Ginlin helps me a little bit about uh, experiencing. Um, he has that quote, what is split off or un- uh, unfelt remains unchanged. Um, and then we have the experiencing scale, which is also, you've heard me do the interview with Dr. Catherine Ream on the experiencing scale. And on the with Ginlin's work in that experiencing scale, the part that triggers me in session as a therapist to say, uh-oh, something's going on here. We're getting away is when it's a story that is absent of self, meaning the client's not putting themselves in the midst of it. It's absent of the relationship. They're not really putting the relationship there. So the main characters that we're supposed to be helping aren't even present in the play. That's like going to watch Hamilton and he never comes out on stage, right? Shout out to New York Center for EFT just because I went there. But anyway, uh, but also it's absent of their experience. Ginland's work says... It has the emo. It's one thing to have emotion, but emotion also has to be experienced. So it's missing the main characters. It's missing emotion, and they're not experiencing the emotion. Those are all concerns. And then I think what you just said here, I want to add to that list. I'm really concerned also when the story does not allow me to see how the characters move in the story. Do they show their attachment moves? So I don't know. Those are the things that make me think about, uh-oh, we're in a story that's going to take away from the process. 
is when it's missing self, emotion, experience of emotion, and their attachment-related moves. Well said, man. That was a nice list. Off top of his head, too. He's not looking at any notes over here. Dr. I'm, James Hawkins, folks. Doc Hawk, DJ Hawk, freestyling <laughs> in the booth, anyway. Uh-huh. All right. Well, if I was smarter, I would probably uh, respond back to some of that beautiful research you're <laughs> quoting, but hey, I'm from Arkansas, man, so I want to go back to your play that you saw. Is it a mu- play or musical? Musical. Musical. Yeah. Uh, by the way, New York's EFT Center hasn't invited me, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's making a bid for connections. I'm j- exactly. No, I'm joking. Uh, but I don't really do good at musicals either. So, but here, here's what I would think about this: is you you went to see Hamilton on Broadway? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It That's was. pretty cool. Can you imagine if you go in there, you're all fired up to see this legendary musical, and instead of like um, people being dressed up as 1800s, 1700s, is that what it is? I'm not that smart. I'm in Arkansas. A long time ago. No shout out to Arkansas. Yeah, very smart people in Arkansas. Um, Can you imagine showing up at the theater and instead of seeing people come out in their costumes and and like going through the movements and so forth, someone just walked out at the podium and just sort of read, just sort of started reading about Alexander Hamilton. And they just read for two hours. There we go. How's your problem? That's what stories are. There we go. That's a great description. Stories, are they end up being, di- even if they're emotional, they're still too digital. Mm-hmm. There's still an overview. There's still the summary. And summary is the enemy of experience, especially new experience. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see Hamilton just if you had the script read to you. It was the dynamic movement. It was what actually is happening on the stage. And applying that to our process, what is actually happening in the attachment moves that tells the story, the real story, the story that we can change. Whoa. Well, here we go in this part of the pot, as we're saying this, Ryan, <laughs> and I got to get ready to go to session, y'all. So I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about what do we do then? If we don't want to do that, we don't want to obviously make the other misattune and just shut our clients down and let, not let them do that. And we control the session so much that they never come in. So what's going through my head is, and okay, even if you find yourself in that moment, maybe we could ask you that. To like When you found that happening to you today in session, mm-hmm. and you like, uh-oh, I'm kind of lost here. I kind of mm-hmm. got lost in the digital summary. What did Ryan do to get out of that spot? Yeah, well, I always want to give somewhere between two and five sentences of story. We're not that That's controlled. Right. That's right. Right. I want to give a few sentences. It's that eighth, ninth, and tenth sentence that becomes this summary that's like, ooh, this is almost hypnotic, taking me out of focus from the attachment moves into somewhere else. So I like to use summaries. Summaries to me are a great way to contain the space uh, without being too detrimental on alliance and attunement. So if someone continues to, to compound a story, an interruption— Mm-hmm. And me to summarize, all right, so what I'm hearing you say is X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it makes sense. So a little bit of interruption, a summary, and a little validation, and then we're going back to find some work, yeah. right? And that's what they used to say in baseball. You know, if there's, a, if there's a play going on and you're in the field and it's nothing to do with you, it's like the other side of the field, my coach will scream. <laughs> my coach would scream at you, go find work. 
what that meant was run over there and try to get involved in the play or back somebody up or something. And that's what that's what I'm trying to do. I want to summarize, summarize, and reset the tone. To me, that's the stronger, wiser, other move in EFT. That's what you're being paid for. So we're not just being paid to listen. We're not just being paid to make a safe space and hope good things happen. We are orchestrators. Man, I got two things on that. One, I don't know. Like, it's, it, I love you know that we can all be different in EFT, but we're all working on the same map because the process you just laid out is what I just wrote down here from my iPad. It's like, oh, we must be on to something here with this whole research model. But one, I had a client today gave me a good compliment that made me feel good going to the story part. He was talking to someone and said, hey, you should get into therapy. And the person's like, well, yeah, you know. And my client began to tell him why he's in therapy with me. <clears throat> and this made me like a proud therapist right here in this moment. He's like, no, I'm really good. <laughs> he's telling on himself. He's like, you know, I'm really good at using my words and stories to get people to stay away from places I, I don't want to be in. But James doesn't let me do that. <laughs> Occasionally they get it, don't they? Uh-huh. Yeah. He said... He really makes me do the work that I need to do, but that sometimes I'm scared to do. Mm -hmm. And I can really easily use good jokes and stories. They've been so good for me in life. But James doesn't let me get away with that. And you, he said, and you need. He tells his friend, and you need to go find a therapist that does that. It's like, it's like he says, I feel like therapy is not necessarily always relaxing for me, but it's challenging, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm getting my work, my money's mm -hmm. worth out of it. That's good. I'm like, oh, I'm doing my job. All anyway. right, where you go, James? So stories are comfortable. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah, they're comfortable. Yeah, and, and comfortable my, does not correlate with change. Yeah, and my client, he's a person that loves challenge, and so he's like, I, I need someone to help hold me in this, and not just let me ramble on and let me do it because I want to actually make progress here. Yep, and I, that's, that makes me think about the last time I had a personal trainer. I come in the gym at least half the time, being like, you know, I think I'm just going to do some stretching work today. <laughs> and he's like, No, you're not. Let's go get warmed up. Here we go. You know, by the time I get halfway through, I'm like, all right, I'm glad, I'm glad I got pushed a little bit here. I needed someone to push me. And your clients need to be pushed with, right. with attunement, with alliance, but to be pushed. So you want to say? Yeah, I want to go back to what you all said, right. though, your process for a moment. Because I think that is important to help our listeners not just say stay out of story, but let's help them. And I like what you did. You have to interrupt. If you, as a therapist, you have to be able to interrupt that process and jump in. And particularly, like, like Ryan said, give them some space and some room. I jump in and interrupt when I get when even in the midst of their story, if I see something that could have more emotion, then I jump in like, OK, I let it get like, let me start putting the picture together. How do I see them? Do I feel it run through me? Let me jump in now. I got a part. So jump in. I like your sense of interrupt. Then go to a summary because it does let them know that you took what they said seriously. Someone mm -hmm. validating is accepting mm -hmm. is what that posture is. It also says you don't have to keep telling me. You don't I have to keep you. telling me. When someone tells that same story for the fourth time, what they're saying is your summaries were inadequate. That's good, right? No, seriously. Because why people keep repeating stories is because no one showed that they That's heard right. them. That's right. So that meets one attachment function. I like that. And then my move to come in is, is some form of a reflection. I see it. I see it. I get it. I see even right now as you tell the story. If I see any kind of a deep breath, if they slow down, I'll reflect any part of the story that maybe showed any semblance of emotion or that's where I go to using me. So can I slow down? Man, even as you just kind of summarize this story for me, I'm just starting to see it come alive. My eyes are witnessing something. Can I make sure that I'm really seeing what this is like for you as it even runs through me? So I'll use some kind of way of me trying to kind of slow it down and put a, and, and make it more felt is what I try and do. 
I, if I if it's an image, like a client was telling a story just about her as a little girl, but she was just telling it in a very digital, like, let's say, well, hold on. We can't just run past this. You're just telling the story about a little girl, but I really see the desperation she's in. She has no good mood. We got to slow down and pay attention to what's happening for her. Can we do that for a moment? That was, that's my, and then there's a validation. Like, man, this is hard. This is difficult. It makes so much sense. Thank you for telling me. Of course you need to tell this story. So really make the, the honoring, like, hey, there's a good function to you making sure that I get to see this. And then for me, that's when, then we reset back to the work. Me, I think of like an evocative question. This is one that you might like. So Eugene Ginlin, what he will do is when people tell him a story that's absent of experience, he'll say, can you stop for me? And can you put your hand on your diaphragm? And could you say that same phrase right back to me again? But as you say the phrase, could you pay attention to what happens in your body as you say that same phrase for me again? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. What he's trying to do is make you make it somatic. Yeah. Well, he also broke the pattern, too. Yeah, that's true. The summaries, the summaries are killers. I want to say a couple more things. I know mm-hmm. you got to get going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at, you know, most, most therapists know not to get lost in the story. And so how, how is it happening so often? Mm. And, you know, we've kind of identified two things here. One is the social inappropriate problem. And then the two is that specifics are unknown. That's good. So what that means is over-attunement is part of the problem. And I think that's a theme, too, is people, a lot of, especially beginning EFTers and sometimes not so beginning EFTers, think that alliance means I'm keeping people happy all the time. And that's not true. That's not even true of any relationship, actually. Safety is the ability to rupture and repair. Mm. If, if we're friends, but I don't have a sense that I can rupture with you and come back, we're not friends. It's just an acquaintance. So it's definitely true for clients as well. So we're over-attuned. We're taking attunement and alliance to a proportion that actually makes it not safe. Want to tell you something unsafe? Let the story take over your session, especially if it's blame. But even if it's not blame, like my session today, it just makes it unfocused. And then specifics unknown. And can I say that hurt, yeah. that hurts for clients? Yeah. Because they've already been struggling with unfocus. It, uh, the unfocused place feels hopeless for them. Mm-hmm. They can't get traction. So if they come to the expert and they still can't get traction, how they, then they leave. Even the expert can't get this thing yeah. focused. So we're doomed. Here's the one thing we know about those stories. They don't work. <laughs> That's the same one they use at home. Mm-hmm. So uh, re- reason number 10,000 not to get lost in a story with clients, content or not. So beyond just content. So the first one is the social inappropriate piece of interrupting, of refocusing, of sort of taking charge of your sessions at key times. And that over-attunement is what keeps that from happening. And the second one that's been discussed here is that specifics are unknown. So going back to theory for a minute, you know, one of the four grounded theories in EFT, what are they? Experiential, gestalt. Um, what is the fourth one? That'd be good if I knew that. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't you got re- really research heavy here on me. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Rogerian. Rogerian. And then the fourth one is systems or structural yeah, systems. Yeah. So as Mnuchin was the founder of that. I want to tell you a quick Mnuchin story. I used mm-hmm. to be a a teacher at a university, he called his model structural family therapy. And people instantly go, oh, he's talking about power and hierarchy and boundaries. When you interviewed Mnuchin on that, he's like, no, that's not what we meant. He said, what we meant is if you look at a wall in a house, 
what you see is drywall and paint or something, but you're not actually seeing the wall. The wall is what you can't see. The structures behind the wall, two by fours or some kind of metal or wood or brick structures that are behind the wall that can't be seen. And I think that's the problem with the story as well. You've got to go into what's not seen. Ooh. Right? So when I assembled that client today for the first time, and I got basically the, the four appraisal levels of assembly on each piece, I would say six out of eight were unknown to them. But they've had hundreds and hundreds of story conversations, but very, very, fo- very, very little focus on their attachment moves. Therefore, if I don't get there, I have no structure to work with. Mm-hmm. which is a segue to the next episode here where we're going to go back and review triggers yet again. 100%. And you're right. And in the negative cycle, when that is dictating the relationship, it's going to be usually skewed towards, we've talked about this with the cycle, I'm bad, you're bad, we are bad. And that's the only story they get to tell. I like that. All right. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Reyna Professional Training and on his website, ryanreynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.